Well, good morning and welcome to Grace Life Church. We're here in Jimison, Alabama, and we're thrilled to be here this morning with all of you and, and, and uh, all those uh, watching us live on Facebook or a different time or listening in the audio format at another time. So we're just thrilled to be here. And uh, my wife, Michelle, and I, we're the pastors here, and we're, we are thrilled to have some very new friends that God brought into our life, I guess about a year ago, a year ago. And uh, they're, um, they're very special to us. And as we're getting to know them, they're just, uh, they're just great people. And uh, so they've been here in the church and come and been a part of our, some of our services. And they're, re they're really busy. When I mean by busy, I mean productive for the kingdom. I, don't, I mean, I, we don't want to just be busy. We used to say we're busy. But when you get to my age, you quit being busy and then you make choices. <laughs> but they're very productive in the kingdom. And they're uh, also, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, Rainbow folks. And, and, you know, they have degrees from Raymond, but they're also Karis uh, graduates. And so we're, uh, we're thrilled to meet with them on that dimension because we've been studying the grace of God for a number of years now. And uh, when I started studying, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> I found people, but I didn't know any of them. And I thought, well, I believe, what they're, I believe what they're saying, but no one on my side where I came from is teaching any of that. And I thought, man, if I'm wrong, I'm going to go. I may go to hell. I don't know. And then, so if I did, I want to know who's going to go with me. So, <laughs> But uh, I'm just playing about all that. But uh, anyway, they were... We, we came to know them, and here recently they, the, they had some get together at their house, invited Michelle and I to their home, and uh, and I don't know, Brother Barry cooked all that fine meal, so I mean, maybe, maybe through Jim and Nick, but anyway, I was going to give him he the credit. Yeah, he, he paid for it, so he gets all the glory. Amen. And uh, met uh, a number of people that they're involved with in the ministry, and uh, and people who's involved with Caris, Nations Arise. Is a big part of what they do. I mean, and, and I don't know if she'll talk about that some, but uh, it's a very important thing that they're doing. And they're, you know, the thing that attracted me to them the most uh, was not the fact that we had agreement on the things where Karis is concerned or the grace of God is concerned, but when I saw their compassion and love for people, their compassion and love for people. And they both have full-time jobs. They're, they're both professionals in their own right. They have many things to do, but yet they give themselves over and over and over again. Brother Barry has been in the children's ministry for many, many years, and all of our children ministers know. You know, we, we, we bow, sir. <laughs> you know, I don't. When you get to heaven one day. I think the biggest houses is going to be the nursery and the children's. I mean, and the pastor's going to say, "What little? Well, that was a pastor." <laughs> but uh, thank you for all that you've done for the body of Christ, the two of you. Uh, Michelle and I uh, really appreciate your friendship and who you are and what God's doing in your life. And so we're just excited that you're here this morning. So you're home. This is family. We're going to pretend like this is your 10th time here. So we, we've already decided we like you, so you'll have to like us or, or deal with the Lord. On it. I don't know how you're going to do it. But uh, y'all give him a God bless you. Thank you. This does feel like home sometimes. <laughs> it really does. Um, I have to say I'm a little disappointed somebody in Canada's beating me, though, because I thought I listened to you the most. <laughs> I go back every week and listen. So I'm going to have to step up my game. Um, just to tell you a little bit about um, who we are, and it's not about us, but I want you to understand, like you said, where we have came from. Um, my husband and I both um, got born again about the same, well, we both got born again as children. But how many of you know sometimes the world pulls on teenagers 
in a way that um, it, it's hard to stay connected if you're not in a, a, a family or a good church that teaches you the word and um, the, the ways of the world. We fell into that trap and we got into the world. Uh, we married young, so I always tell him if you know if he starts complaining about me, I just say, "Look, you raised me, so I don't want to hear it." You know, but um, you know, we we were young. We got married, and praise God, Jesus got a hold of us in 1992. You know, and um, he just he never relents. He never lets go of that hold on you. And he just continued to pursue us. We had two daughters, and um, a friend invited them to vacation Bible school. And that's where it all started, getting us in tune to, set, to, to go into church, going back to church. Because, you know, they do this little trick. You have classes during the week, and then on Sunday they have their program. So your kids have gone, so they ha you, know, you have to go to the program because your kids are in it. And so we went, and God just started dealing with our hearts about we were on the wrong path, we were on the wrong road, and in his loving grace, he pulled us in, and we got born again. I have to say, we were born again at that point, and um, we're so thankful for his goodness in our life and everything he's done, but um, I'm going to try to speed this part up, but we got into uh we got into started out in the baptist church we both had went to baptist churches as kids so love the baptist praise god for the baptist but we knew there was more we knew that god had other things for us and we got filled with the holy spirit and just from there got into a rhema church um, wonderful pastors that raised us up and taught us faith taught us who we were and um then just from there, it's just been a great ride. I'm, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, but what we're doing currently is um, I am involved with the healing school at um, Karis Birmingham, and I've put some brochures back on the back table back there. So if anybody's interested, there's a little um, the little square thing you can do. The little you scan that on your phone, and it'll bring up all the information about Karis. If you're interested about Bible College, I recommend it. It's a great one. Um, also, Nations Arise um, has a mission trip coming up in September. There's information about that if you would like to go to Morelia, Mexico with us. Um, and also, the July newsletter for Nations Arise is back there. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Um, Nations Arise is a great organization that I just went on staff with last year. Um, and they build schools around the world. And um, we've got a school in Morelia, Mexico. We're fixing to actually build a second school in Morelia, Mexico. And then they also have a, um, we have a connection at a um, orphanage that has a school in Honduras. And Myanmar is on the calendar and we're just now starting to raise funds for Liberia, Africa where we're building a school. Um, there is 200 students who have already registered for this school, and the school has not even been started being built yet. <laughs> so there is a great need there. Some of these kids are 15, 16, 17 years old and have never been to school, never heard about Jesus, never known the love of God. And so that's, that's why we do what we do, is so that these children can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ 
and get an education so that they can be productive in their in their towns and in their cities and villages so um, it's a great it's a great need but our God is able and our God is willing and he's faithful so we know that God will supply all of those needs um, today what I'm going to talk to you about is um, living in God's great love I don't know of any message and I love the Word of God but I don't know of any message that has changed my life more than knowing how loved I am by God um, and I, I, I pray that today's message will penetrate your heart and if you came here today not knowing how loved you are that when you leave today it'll be different your thoughts will you'll know exactly who you are in Christ and how loved you are um, I had asked Elliot to post something and I'm not going to teach on spirit soul and body today but how many of you know it pretty much touches every part of our life because it's who we are it's our identity um, So, all right, so just to lay a little foundation here, spirit, soul, and body, three parts, the three parts of man. Um, our spirit, that's the real you. That's who you are. That's, um, that's the part of you that got filled with God when you got born again. Your wall-to-wall -wall Holy Ghost, everything in your spirit is God, okay? Then there's the soul, and with the soul, it's the mind, the will, and the emotions. You've got your belief system. You've got your attitudes, your feelings, your memories, all those things. You have your thinking and your reasoning. You know, when the teacher says two plus two is four, you, that's your mind, that's your brain, that's your processing and reasoning faculties. And then there's the body. And then the body is what we touch the earth with. That's our senses and our nerves and um, our organs and our cells. It's our body, our flesh. But then um, when we look at that, we say, well, how does it get from my spirit out to my body? Or how does it get to my soul? The spirit communicates with the soul through the heart. So everything comes back to our heart. Um, and then the heart includes both spirit and soul everything in your spirit is renewed brand new made a new creation but it's got to get to your soul it's got to get to your mind will and emotions and your in your soul is where you make the decision and the choice i'm going to believe what's true about me and my spirit and what god says or i'm going to follow what the world says or i'm going to follow what my flesh is telling me so just to give you a little ex explanation of that the heart is what we believe with it's where our spirit and our soul come together to form the heart so living in god's great love everything that we have in christ everything that you've been given as a born-again believer salvation healing deliverance prosperity all of our victories in life comes from the truth of god's word and knowing how much god loves you knowing that he planned you knowing that he has put his life inside of you his zoe life inside of you 
I'm not talking about a head knowledge. I'm talking about a heart knowledge, about knowing that he's made you righteous, knowing that he loves you, that he sent Jesus for you. He made you in his image. Um, he put that heart to believe inside of you. Um, Barry and I, he mentioned we did children's ministry. Uh, we were doing a skit one time about... Um, about the heart and how God took a stony heart out and put in a heart of flesh. And so we went to the grocery store to see if we could find a, to get a heart <laughs> for the skit. And um, so we got, they gave us this cow heart. Well, when the butcher brought the cow heart out, this thing was like this big. <laughs> it was huge. So we just sliced a piece of it off to do this skit. And, of course, so it was like a skit, like a medical. You know, we had the little scrubs on and all that. And then I was laying on a table and he, under a sheet, and he pulled out a rock. And he said, God took the stony heart out and put in a heart of flesh. Well, then he showed them the, the heart. And the kids were all like, ah! <laughs> they thought Mr. Berry actually cut Miss Susan's heart out. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but praise God, he's given us a new heart and, um, to believe him. And he says, Bef before we were born again, we lived out of our soul. We lived out of the soulish realm. Um, but once we were born again, we live now we can live out of our spirit and you say well how do you switch over you know what god just does it when you get the revelation of who you are that change becomes effortless and people go you know that just seems so hard just let go just let go and let god do it his way um before we were live born again we lived out of our soul and our flesh because our spirit man was spiritually dead God calls us to awake unto righteousness. Once, um, when Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that's when our spirit, man's spirit died. He went to sleep. He was no longer in connection with God. Um, so where do we start on this journey? Well, I think the first place to start is to know what was God's original plan? What was God's intent for mankind when he created Adam and Eve. Um, I love the book of Genesis. There's so much revelation there. But let's start in uh, Genesis 1, verse 26 through 30. Y'all don't mind if I read some scripture today, right? Okay, wonderful, because I love to read the word. Starting in verse 26, this was God's original intent. This is where it all started. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, 
I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every animal of the earth and every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life, I've given every green food for you. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So we see here in Genesis four things I want to point out to you that was in God's original intent. Number one, he made you in his image. That's your identity. So he gave you an identity that was made in the image of God. The second thing is where he says, and let them rule. Let them have dominion. Let them have authority. So he gave you dominion and authority. The third thing he gave you in verse 28, he says, and God blessed them. God put the blessing of himself in Adam. God blessed them. And then God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. He also gave them everything they needed to eat. Everything they needed to be supplied. That was the provision. Everything that man needed, God gave him in the beginning. God, but that was God's original plan in original plan and intent was for you to be well provided for provision identity the blessing authority adam had it all but fear is what caused them to fall the fear that god wasn't completely honest with them and the fear that god was withholding something from them um, Y'all know what FOMO is? <laughs> Fear of missing out. He convinced, the devil convinced Eve that she was missing something. But she wasn't missing a thing. God had given her everything she needed. That was God's original intent. Was for her to have the blessing, the authority, the identity, and the provision they were to have together. But God, praise God, he didn't leave us there. And, you know, I used to think God kicked them out of the garden. I used to think, well, you know, they messed up. God just kicked them right out. They didn't deserve to be there, you know. And I had this wrong mindset about the goodness of God. And I've come to find out that God taking them out of the garden was to protect them. It was a, it was a form of God's grace and mercy to remove them so that he could send a savior into the world and they didn't have to live in that condition of broken, you know, failure. They could actually wait for Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But but he's here now. <laughs> you know, we're in a we're in a good place today. It says God's love is not about us loving God. It's about his loving us. And for so long, I thought, used to think, if I could just love God enough, he'll do this. If I could just love God enough, you know, and then you hear, well, if you loved God, you'd serve in the nursery. <laughs> you know, if you loved God, you'd do this or you'd do that or you wouldn't do this or you wouldn't do that. But you know what? God loved us first. God loved us first. And now we love God back. 
just as a response to his goodness to us. So John three sixteen, this is the pinnacle point of how God is going to redeem man. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The love of God is always moving toward man. Always moving toward mankind. He's always, always drawing. I don't care if somebody's in a gutter. God is drawing them. He's always moving toward them in his love. God's love is absolutely opposite of the world's love. The world's love says, you love me, I'll love you back. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You be good to me, I'll be good to you. But God's love is totally different. God says, yet while you were still a sinner, he sent Jesus to die for you. You know, we didn't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. It's all because of his love and grace. And God's love is here, and God's love is now. We're not missing anything. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God's grace and God's truth, God's goodness toward us. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to know everything he's provided for you. He's not, he's not withholding any good thing from you. And I know I'm probably not preaching anything that, or teaching anything that Pastor Eric has not told y'all 50 times. But you know what? I have to stir myself up too. I have to be reminded. I got to live this today. I got ready to, I've been working on my notes all week. And then I got ready to print them this morning. And my printer just decided to go, I don't know what happened. But um, I was having to turn everything off and reset and I'm watching the clock and I'm like I gotta get to Jemison I gotta get there and so I was like I just finally I could tell I was getting frustrated and I finally just had to step back and say God I thank you that you love me and I thank you that you're gonna fix my printer because if you don't I'm probably fixing to pitch it out the window <laughs> but you know so we get to live this out every day and and I've not arrived and my husband will tell you I've not arrived, but you know what? We're all growing, and we're all making it day by day with Jesus, knowing that we're loved, knowing that he cares for every little detail. If he took the time to number the hairs on your head, don't you know he's going to take care of every little detail of your life? We don't have anything to worry about. So Jesus said that he came so he could make his place and live among us, so that his spirit could indwell us, and so that we could have that everlasting life, that eternal life, Zoe life of God right now. Praise God we have a heaven in our future, but do you know right now we can have days of heaven on earth because he's provided everything we need in this life and in the life to come. Um, Colossians 1.27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, that spirit man 
filled with Christ, filled with God's love. First John 4:19 says, "God don't just love I mean, I'm sorry, we love God because He first loved us. We love Him because He first loved us. God don't just love us back. He loved us first. You know? Again, like I said before, sometimes we have this idea that, you know, we're supposed to love God. And we are. That's, there's a truth in that. But it's easy to love somebody that you know loves you. And it, it's easy to love God. We're not struggling and striving to love God. We love him because it's a response from his love for us. We need to know what that love is and what that love looks like. How do we receive it? How do we walk in it? How do we live this out every day? You know, sometimes I just have to, like I did this morning when I was getting so frustrated with the printer, which was silly, but still, it's where we are, you know. But to just stop, just learning to stop and say, God, I just thank you that you love me and you're going to fix my printer. And this is a little thing. This is not a big thing for you. You know, that's just, that's how I walk it out. I don't know how you walk it out, but that's how I walk it out. So it's knowing that he's come to reveal his love to me um, and that we can receive everything. that He's, he's already given us everything. So how, what, is, what does it mean to receive? If you've already got it, then you've already got it. But there has to be a connection in our heart that we say, I know God has provided this. And it's mine, and I'm going to take it. You know? It, it's, we can sit back. If I put $500 in your checking account and never told you I put it in there, or you didn't know it was in there, you'd never spend it. Right? There has to be a knowledge and a knowing, not a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge, that I'm going to believe God, that I don't care what the circumstances may look like. I don't care what the enemy may be telling me. I don't care what a doctor's telling me. I don't care what a boss is telling me. I'm going to believe God for my health, for my business, for my finances, for anything that I need. I'm going to believe God no matter what. I'm going to put all my trust in him because he's already provided it. Right? I've already got it. So what my stance now is going to be, Father, I thank you that this is taken care of. This, this deal is sealed. There's nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. You've got everything you need to succeed because of his great love for you. So a revelation of God's love unlocks the word of God so that we can see everything that he's done for us. First John 4, 7 through 10 says, Beloved. Do you know you're God's beloved? Can you say that every day? Father, I'm your beloved, and I thank you that you made me precious in your sight. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, 
the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus now lives in us, lives in you. Everything in this body, everything in this life that we now live, we live through the finished work of the cross and through the demonstration and the manifestation of God's love. You can walk your days out in the love of God. God is never withdrawing his love from you. He's always with you. You know, I used to have this thought that, well, if I was doing everything right, God was right here, and he was pleased, and everything was just ticking right along, and it was a good day. But if I messed up, screamed at the kids, screamed at the dog, screamed at the husband, you know, whatever, I, God was way over here, just waiting for me to come back, waiting for me to say I'm sorry. But you know what? He never was. He's with, he, I, like I said a minute ago, if they're in a gutter, drunk, strung out on drugs, no matter what, God is right there with them. And, and that's, that's his love and compassion. He wanted to be with his people. When Adam sinned, he, that broke God's heart. He wanted to be with his people. And that's why he gave his only begotten son for us. So don't let us be double-minded saying that, well, we believe God's love, but, you know, how many times have you told somebody that? You know, God wants you well. God wants you healed. Well, I believe God heals, but get your butt in the right place. <laughs> you know, that, that no, that's when it's, but God. <laughs> no matter what the doctor said, but God. You know, um, so, you know, our, our stance changes now. We're not asking God for things. Now we're just thanking him because he's already provided it. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you've healed me. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you've provided for me. And so now we're living a life of thanksgiving in the love of God. So what did he do for you? Well, what, is, what has God done for you? What has God accomplished for you? What are the things that belong to you? Um, you know, what can you do through him? It's all because of his great love. Anything you have, you can thank God for. Anything. Anything, everything. And, and I love what he said. I, and I know we don't look back at the life we used to live, but it's good. Like, I love what, the way you put that. Do look back and think about where God's brought you to. Because I know none of us started out on the right foot. <laughs> none of us did. I know nobody in here, I personally know, started out on the right foot. We all started out needing a Savior. You know, and, and, and I can tell you, and I used, to, I used to say, well, this was back in my self-righteous days, you know, well, God, I didn't ever do all these bad things, you know, I wasn't involved in a whole lot of bad stuff, but I still needed a Savior, just as much as the one that's on drugs or prostitutes or whatever they've done, I, I needed the same Savior, 
because I still had a, I had a lot of self-righteousness. You know, I was like, yeah, well, that's not who I am, you know. But praise God. He saw through my sin and loved me and called me to him. Um, and let's see, this one is pretty long, but I just, as I was writing this up last night, putting some of my scriptures in there, I thought, I read this in the Passion Translation, and it's, it's everything I wanted to say. <laughs> it's just so good. It's the triumph of God's love in the believer's life. And it's, Rome, it's from the Passion Translation, and it's Romans 8, 32 through 39. And um, as I was going through this last night, I was like, I was about to preach. <laughs> Barry got up and went, he says, I think I'm going to go to bed kind of early. I'm tired. And I said, all right, but you better shut your door because I might not be quiet down here. Because <laughs> it was good. I was getting happy. Um, Romans 8, 32, start, I'm sorry, starting in verse 31. It says, what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me. Who could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold us from us anything else he has to give. God gave us the very best in Jesus there is nothing, there is nothing missing. Nothing missing. The very best. Why would he withhold any other thing if he's given you the very best? <clears throat> who, went, who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? There is no accusation against you. I just want somebody to hear that today. There is no accusation against you. Mm. God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over you. Not guilty. Not guilty. Pardoned. Not, not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he's conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. And you're right there with him. You're right there with him. So how could he possibly condemn us since he's continually praying for our triumph? He's continually praying for your victory. Who better to be praying for you right now than Jesus? You know? We, we, it's okay to call and get somebody to be in agreement with you on prayer. But I can tell you, get in agreement with Jesus. That's the best one to be in agreement with. Because he's interceding for you. And you know what he's saying? I'm sorry, I'm going to get off of this just a minute. You know what he's saying? He's saying, look God, look Father, that's my child. I'm in him. I'm for him. I won their victory. I healed them. I've provided for them. See? 
That's what, that's what Jesus is doing right now on your behalf at the, at the right hand of the Father. That's where he's at for you. Woo. I lost my place now big time. Let's see. Who could, okay, let's see. Uh, where was I? 34, okay, yep. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned at the right hand of God. So how could he possibly condemn us? I've already read that, Hannah. <laughs> he is continually praying for our triumph. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Nothing in the universe. Troubles, pressures, problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, death threats? No, for they all are impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it's written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet in the midst of all these things, I don't think anybody's been threatened to be killed yet, have they? <laughs> I don't think we're there today. But anyway, it's, but Paul was going through that. Paul was going through that. So, you know, sometimes our little problems are nothing compared to that. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. Our problems are our problems. And when a problem hits our life, it, it can be major. And so uh, we don't belittle that. But at the same time, there's no power in the universe that can separate us from God's love. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. God has made you more than a conqueror. Jesus conquered so we could be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. God's love is our victory over everything. So now, so now, this is, this is where you are. So now, I live with the confidence. You can live your life in confidence. That there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, falling angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There's nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There's no power above or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. There is no power that can stop you in the name of Jesus. There is nothing. I'm hoping that some ceilings got ripped off tonight, today. I'm really hoping that somebody's getting this. <laughs> you know, sometimes, but what happens is sometimes we disqualify ourselves. And that's where 
we read something like this and we go, oh, yes, praise God, that's good news. And then you go out and life happens and we forget. That's why you got to stay in the word and keep yourself built up, reminding yourself every day. Not as a duty, not like, like Matt was talking about, we doing things out of duty. It's not doing it out of duty. It's doing it out of a love for God because of his great love for us. And knowing, you know, if I knew that somebody was going to do something good, I would be eager to be in their presence. But if I knew somebody was going to abuse me or hurt me in some way, I would avoid it. Right? Wouldn't you? I mean, nobody wants to be hurt, you know. Nobody likes pain. But at the same time, our Father is good. And we can we can run to that throne room of grace all the time. His door is always open. Oh, and he's always with us. We can be there, and we can always know that he loves us. Mm. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't say, well, I messed up, so I can't, I must not be good enough, or I must not be, you know, anything. You're not lacking anything. God made you worthy. God made you accepted. God qualified you to be in his presence by putting his son inside of you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The real you, the Spirit of God inside of you, has been perfectly made whole, perfectly healed. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. Poverty and lack is a thing of your past. And I think that's a word for somebody today. Poverty and lack is a thing of your past. Receive that today. Poverty and lack is a thing of your past. That's not for you. That's not who you are. Our Father is the creator of the universe. He owns the cows on a thousand hills. That just shows the prosperity. God is good. God is good. God is good. You are loved by God. Keep your eyes on Jesus because he's everything you need. And as he is, so are we in this world. Is Jesus anointed? So are you. Even if you don't feel like it. (laughs) Even when you're mad at a printer and you don't feel like it. (laughs) You're still anointed. You're anointed by God. And that was God's choosing. You were his choice. Colossians 1.13 says that the old things have passed away. And he's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the dear son of his love. And I like the way the Passion Translation says that last part. He has rescued us completely from tyrannical rule. You've been rescued completely from the enemy. There is nothing he can do to you when you know who you are. When you can stand in the presence of God. And know that he's got you back. He's got you. 
And he's not going to let any enemy hurt you. Praise God. Praise God. The only, the only power the enemy has is what you give him, what you allow him in. Because God's given you all authority over the enemy. Um, I, don't, I didn't write down this particular scripture, but there's a scripture, you may know it by heart, that says um, and the enemy cannot touch you. It's in First John, I think, one of the First Johns. Um, and the enemy cannot touch you. Get, get a revelation of that. The enemy cannot touch you. Praise God. Praise God. A spirit-filled believer is full of power over the enemy. Spirit-filled Holy Ghost gives you power. Dunamis power. You've been given power. You've been given authority. Just like Adam had in the garden. Jesus brought it back to us. Start to realize who you are and how much you're loved of God. Get this attitude. I know who I am, and I know whose I am. Know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Um, Song of Solomon 2.4 says, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. That, that banner of love, that's just your identity. You know, when you put a sign out on a store, that's to identify so you'll know where that store is. So his banner over you is love. Your identity is his love. And when you get that revelation of his love being your banner, you'll go out and pour that love on other people. You'll go out and know that God's loving through you, you know. You'll, you'll just say, God, show me who I can love today. You'll walk into your place of work or you'll walk into Walmart and you'll say, Father, just love through me. These people need it, you know. I'm just going to love through them, through me. Um, let's see. God is not condemning you. It's the enemy. It's the enemy that brings an accusation against us. It's not God. It's not God. God justified you, and no one can bring a charge against you. It's what we just read in, in Romans. Nobody can bring a charge against you because of God's love in you. Jesus said, I loved you so much I died for you. Then I rose and gave you everything that you need for eternal life. And now I'm going to help you walk in it. Then we, then we have the precious presence of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to, to show us how to walk in this. Show us who we are. He said he would teach us all things. Let the Holy Spirit be your teacher. Let the Holy Spirit show you, reveal to you God's love. Romans 5.35, Romans 8.35 says, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God Almighty. We just read this a minute ago. Making intercession for us. The enemy tries to separate us from the love of God. But when you have that revelation of who he is, 
he, he has no authority to separate you. Jesus said, I mean, God said, nothing can separate you. No power, no darkness, no fallen angels. No one can separate you from the love of God. So draw near to him. Stay close to him. He never leaves you or forsakes you. That's God's plan. That's God's way. When God's love becomes more real to you than earthly things, then all this faith, to start proclaiming and declaring and rejoicing in what the cross has done, starts, that will start producing signs and wonders and miracles. When you know who you are, you'll live this out and you'll walk this out. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. When Jesus was moved with compassion, that was love in action. And that compassion, what happened after that? Miracles happen. Signs and wonders happen. Well, that's the same with us. When, when we have that revelation of who we are in God's love, we will walk it out and we'll do signs and wonders and miracles. God's called us to that. Jesus says, all power's been given to me. Now you go. He delegated that power and authority to us. Now you go. All power's been given to Jesus, right? All? All means all. We settled that a long time ago. All means all. Jesus has all power. So he's put it in you. Now you go. Now you go lay hands on the sick. Now you go raise the dead. Now you go cast out demons, right? Praise God. Praise God. See? See how living the loved life will change things for you? Do you see that? Titus 3, 4 through 7. Titus 3, 4 through 7 says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace. Y'all know justified. Y'all know what justified means? Just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. By his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We see miracles in Jesus' life, and as he is, so are we. So we can have miracles in our life. Compassion will always lead to miracles. You can't give away something you don't have. And when you get that revelation that God loves you and how much he loves you, You'll pour that out on other people. It'll just, it'll be that effortless change. It'll just happen. You'll go, you know, they used to make me mad, but they don't make me mad anymore. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen? You know, that used to bother me, but you know, that just don't bother me anymore because God's love has just changed my whole outlook, changed my whole way that I look at things and the way I look at people. Com- compassion is when love takes action. Ask God to show you how much he loves you. Let that be a daily thing. You know, I, I just there's nothing wrong with saying, God, just show me how much you love me right now because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here, you know? 
You can do that every day at any time. God is always with you. He's always with you. No matter where you are, he's with you. And he wants to pour his love on you, lavish your, you with his love. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close with this, but I, I feel like the Lord wants me to minister a little bit, if that's okay. Um, this is another passion translation that just really, I think, says what I want to say. Um, and it's Ephesians three seventeen through 19. It says, Then, by constantly using your faith. Now, you know that your faith, you know where your faith came from, right? Came from Jesus. Okay? Comes from the Word. Comes from Jesus. We're not working up faith. We've been given faith. Galatians tells us, We live our life by the faith of the Son of God. It says, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. That place of his love can come, become the very source and root of your life. Then you'll be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. That's good news. To be filled with the fullness of God. To be filled with his love so that we can go out and be love to other people. People that don't know God's love. People that share his love. Um, it, you know, it's not just about us. It's about other people. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about sharing the good news. It's about letting other people know how much God loves them and that God's not holding their sins against them. God's not holding anything against anybody. You know, when, he, when the angel made the announcement, you know, he said, peace on earth, goodwill toward man. God's heart is for mankind. He wanted children. You know, Jesus, Jesus didn't come to judge us. He came to get his, God's kids back, you know. He came to get his kids back because Satan had lied to us. And I just, I just want to ask everyone to just um, bow their head for just a moment. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to draw you out or, or ask you to come up unless you want to come up or... Um, ask, you know, raise your hand or stand up or whatever, but I just feel like there's somebody here that you just came in today and you, you felt like that God didn't love you. God didn't care. There's something going on in your life and maybe you thought God just really didn't care. God was so far away and didn't really have any, any thoughts toward you on this. And I just want to ask you right now, would you raise your hand? Would you, would you 
acknowledge that and that something has been said today that changed your thoughts, changed your perspective of God. And maybe you just think that God's not provided for you in the past. There's been a time that you just felt like God didn't provide for you. And God is saying that he loves you. He loves you so much. Father, we just thank you right now for everyone that's hearing this message. Father, may they have a greater revelation of your love for them. And may they know right now, Father, how much you love them and how much you care about every detail, everything they're going through, every moment in time of their life. Father, we just thank you that you loved us, that you sent Jesus, that you've provided our healing, you've provided our provision, you've given us an identity, you've set us at the banqueting table to enjoy the goodness and your mercy. Father, we just love you and we thank you that you loved us first. We thank you that you've called us according to your purpose. And Father, we thank you that you are filling us with your love so that we can go out and be a light and be love to others. And Father, we just rejoice in you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the finished work that has changed our lives, transformed our hearts, and renewed us with your Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you right now that we are healed, we are whole, and we go out in the power and authority that you've placed inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm, I'm willing to pray for anybody, that if anybody needs prayer. We've seen some miraculous things in our healing school that we teach at Karis. Um, We've seen people come in with sickness and go and go through the whole course and the whole time and get a revelation of God's love and God's healing power and be healed. Um, they, they graduate with their certificate and they graduate healed. <laughs> we've seen uh, people, we saw, actually see, we've seen people come through the school the same way. We've seen fibromyalgia completely healed. Um, so we've, we've, we believe in healing. <laughs> we believe in healing and we believe in the power of agreement and coming in line with God's word and knowing that he, that you are healed. So we didn't really discuss turning over, but, um, I think I'm ready to turn over to you if.